For so very long, it's been... Go on, George. Tell how it's gonna be. But in the end, the commish only said... We figured it 17 different ways. And every time we figured, it was no good. Because no matter how we figured it... But no matter how you figure it out, I still don't get as much as anybody else. Somebody don't like the way we figured it. So now, there's only one way to figure it. And that is every man for himself. When this is the end. It's the end of the world. It's the end of the world as we know it. Or is it now? As a new year hits, through it all, Beaver Nation moves ahead with resiliency and hope. Sun's up. Mm -hmm. Looks okay. The world survives into another day. And the way forward goes through, as it must, The Joe Beaver Show with John Warren and Mike Parker. The number of times I heard these guys' voices over and over and over. Still can't find it. Ah, can't find it? We can help. This here is 1240. 1240. It's always been 1240. My client says it's 1240. Yeah, plus 93.7 FM and streaming live at KEJOAM.com and on the KEJO app. It's the Joe Beaver Show. Good morning, everybody, from the Jack and Jenny Wilborn Media Room in Valley Football Center on the campus of Oregon State University in Corvallis, along with John Warren and T.J. Matthewson back in studio. This is Mike Parker welcoming you to our Monday edition of the Joe Beaver Show. And it feels as though with Labor Day, with a Friday game, we haven't really been fully completely in a normal whatever yeah. normal is schedule all year yeah i i agree i kind of mentioned that on the show this morning that everything's normal there isn't anything out of the out of the norm we are going to be doing a joe beaver road show thursday at the new ace hardware store um in the winco shopping center excellent thursday and giving away some prizes which we'll talk about but I, scheduling wise we're here it's monday it's 12 o'clock with Jonathan at noon. With Jonathan at noon. And Sarah right after. Sarah, and we've got high school football Friday, this time instead of Thursday. Yeah. So It's felt a little disjointed. Yeah, know? yeah. I keep waiting for the bye. You know, I haven't memorized the schedule, and I'm like, when? It's right around. It's not. After UCLA. Yeah, after UCLA. Speaking of byes, UCLA and, and Washington State both off and both play each other. That's mm -hmm. the second biggest game to me in the conference this right. weekend. After, of course, our own, which not everyone will view as the most important game in league play, but right. in our we world, <laughs> in the Joe Beaver show, it doesn't matter. Every, it's all about the Beavs and what's next for the Beavs. But before we kind of shift as the week goes along, and we will, Mike Pulaski, the former Cal great quarterback, now radio analyst and has been for a long time, will join us tomorrow on the Joe Beaver show or Wednesday, actually, I asked about tomorrow and he said, yeah, hey, maybe the next day because of coaches meetings, mm. he'll be visiting with uh, Jake Spavitol uh, during those coaches meetings. And Jake Spavitol is the offensive coordinator for California. And they've gotten a bit of a jump. Their offense is better. Yeah. One of, you know, your favorite players and a guy you admired greatly back in the day, Bill Musgrave, it, it just, didn't ever really take flight. It didn't, it didn't work uh, in what Bill tried to do. And so, Justin, I'm sure that had to be hard for him mm -hmm. to, to let him go 
I mean, there comes a certain point where coaches, no matter the friendship, no matter the relationship, and maybe even Justin, one of those young men in Junction City that that watched him play quarterback mm-hmm. as Justin was growing up in that Oregon family, the late great Dave Wilcox's son and Josh Wilcox and all of that. I mean, Justin probably saw those Musgrave teams yep. and went to a lot of games and so looked up to him, hired him. And then had to fire him. I don't, that can't be an easy thing to do in life. I, I and you see that I don't think I could yeah. could hire friends for that very reason because and someone said that I don't hire friends because I know I might have to fire him. I think Bob DeCarroll is. I, do. I don't I don't get too close with those I work with because I know I, I'm going to have to fire him. Jake Spavitol brought in after a less than inspiring run as a head coach at Texas State, but a guy that was Johnny Manziel's quarterbacks mm-hmm. coach when Johnny won the Heisman. Geno Smith will be on display tonight in Monday Night Football. Spavitol worked with Geno, mm-hmm. record-setting numbers at the time at West Virginia. He sent, he's worked with, not necessarily, I can't say he sent, but he's worked as a quarterbacks coach and or OC with 10 different quarterbacks who've gone to the National Football League. So he he's boosted that offense a little bit, and they're coming off a game where they had decent balance in their victory over Arizona State. In, and they're averaging 212 yards rushing per game. That's a big jump. And they're averaging 31 points per game after 22, I think, last mm-hmm. year. So yeah, yeah. the Spavitol effect uh, is on display to some extent. So we'll be transitioning, visiting with Mike Pulaski, and we hope to get uh, one of the broadcasters from the Pac-12 network coming on. By the way, television has been established, the carrier for the Beavers' next home game on October 14th. Johnny, tell us whom and your thoughts about the time slot. Big Fox will carry the game again, and it will be 5 p.m. on a Saturday at Reeser Stadium, which you and I were talking. That's a, not that's a, a bad slot. 4 o'clock may be a little better in yeah. terms of getting, know, home, getting early. home earlier, but 5 o'clock isn't bad. It's not bad. I mean, 6 o'clock on Saturday wasn't bad. Or Friday. Or Friday, right. Mm-hmm. It wasn't bad. But 5 o'clock... Um, uh, a week from this Saturday at home against yeah. UCLA for what probably will be the final time the two teams will ever face one another, barring a, a matchup in the playoffs or or a non-conference uh, series. I have no idea, but, you know, it's funny because there isn't anything that we've seen yet, and that was the first home game in conference play, so I guess we wouldn't have seen anything. But nothing that I know of, because I wasn't sitting in the stands, by the fans about cat calls or boos or anything extra about leaving the conference. Uh, it did, I don't know that I didn't hear of anything that was against Utah for that reason, no, other than no. they're just a visiting team coming in. So I think there's a, there's just no big deal. It's a downplay as to these final home games and all these teams that are coming through that are bailing on the league. Um, it's a, it's a non, non uh, issue as far as the fans go and all of that. For most of the schools, I, you know, if you had the rivalry game here yeah. this year, that might, that oh, might yeah. be a little different. Yeah, <laughs> it would be. It would absolutely be. And there may be um, schools coming up. Let's see, Washington, eh, that mm-hmm. might mm-hmm. might be a little extra, extra there. But, um, it's, you know, one for one on things working out okay in that respect. But the crowd was great. They were into it for fun. It was all about fun. 
on Saturday, uh, Friday night. Let's talk about <clears throat> Friday night. Uh, before we transition as the week goes, and we will with guests from Berkeley, Todd McKim, for old time's sake, will join us, even though he's no longer part of the broadcast, still an astute observer of all things, yeah. particularly the Pac-12 and Cal, where he worked for many years and knows our territory well now living over in Bend. So Todd will join us later in the week. Uh, we'll have uh, Mike Polofsky and others during the course of the week in our usual pattern. But also our usual pattern on Monday, let's stay with it. And we'd love to hear you out, either via the Downward Dog phone line or the University Honda text line. Either way, the number is the same, 541-497-5356. John said the Friday night atmosphere, Johnny, you're saying great. And this is what I guess... We're hoping to hear from now. Sarah Elcano will join us for a session with Sarah. Will it be the first time? No, the second time second this year. Time, I think yeah. that she sat here in yeah. the Jack and Jenny Wilborn media room. We'll be able to take calls. She'll be able to hear your questions. You can have some interaction with Sarah. In your continued experience, it's still fresh. It's yeah. still a fairly new life experience in the new stadium. But what was it like Friday night to be in the stadium, the atmospherics, the students, the lights, the lights, the show. Esty Wilson, Jim Wilson, one of his, he has twin daughters, Evie and Esty. Esty was here and she spent some time with us in the booth. She wandered around the entire stadium. At one point she came in late in the fourth quarter and said, it's like a nightclub out there. <laughs> and as I said, and Jim kind of said, oh, based on what you've heard about nightclubs, of course. <laughs> right, <Yeah>. right. <laughs> but, but, yeah, really? Yeah, you know, she said it. She said it's amazing. She loved it. She just said it's great. This is a young person, mm -hmm. early 20s. That's who they're Raving yeah. about the experience and just so much fun, the music, the lights, the atmosphere. So. We're throwing the question out, I guess, in a sense, yeah. to you. We can talk football, certainly, and want to hear you out about the Beaver defense and what they did offensively and DJU's play and uh, Silas Bolden's off-the-charts career-like performance, the defense again, whatever your thoughts are, and even about that poor Utah outfit. I mean, it, it that was one of the more dysfunctional offenses I've seen in the league yeah. over all these years, and it's Utah which is, you know, that's always been a little bit, almost always been the, boy, Kyle Whittingham, if he could ever quote-unquote get the, and he has the guy and Cam Rising, but he's hurt. But if you ever get the quarterback yeah. that can lift the offense to the level that his great defenses play, then you got something. Then you got a team one yeah. that not only, and they have, that's the team, that team there that we saw the Beavers just manhandle, essentially, 21-7, mm -hmm. mm -hmm. to seven, very close to a shutout. Yeah. in conference play here against the number 10 team in the country, but it felt like, eh. You know, I mean, it's not like, eh. It's just like you were in control and because you were the better team. And, and it, it, you know what I mean? The game never felt in doubt. Really. No, and it wasn't. Even when they scored the last touchdown, it's with, what, six, seven and minutes And they're going to onside it. And, yeah, yeah, no, no. The, the Beaver defense had it under control. Their defense had it under control. It was those two. Three touchdowns were very hard-earned touchdowns. And kind of on weird plays to get them both. Great right. plays, but weird in the sense that both, particularly the last one, I think most of the world, I know I did, mm -hmm. and I, I failed, <laughs> I on, I failed on the calls. I failed on both the Bolden's touchdowns to really, the first one not as much, the second one, 
I expected that thing to be coming back. Well, I think everybody did because you see the flag, and it's a trick play. Right at the start of the, right. the play. Right. A flag on a trick play, of course it's coming back. Um, so I can't call that. He's going to go, not when I've seen the flag no, and have to bring it all back. You so can't. I failed to rise to the level until DJ. I saw <laughs> DJ U talking to one Same. of the officials saying, no, oh, we'll decline that. Touchdown, Beavers. Okay, then I, I found a level of excitement at a certain point. But the other one, I thought he might have stepped out of bounds. So yeah. on both yeah. Bolden's touchdowns, brilliant plays, I, I fell well short. I thought he stepped out of bounds on, on that thought he did second too. touchdown as well. And I was really <laughs> glad they didn't look at it. Um, but the Jimmy Wilson had said right right before you saw DJ wave it on that, that fourth down trick play, he said, well, unless it's an offsides, and that's what it was. <laughs> I know. That was a funny call. I didn't hear it until I replayed it this morning. So whatever your thoughts are about the game, the, the Beavers' dominance of it, and boy, that offense until boy, I just I'm surprised they dropped that far. You know what I'm well, saying? Well, they have a lot of injuries. I not know just rising, they do. running back, I know. a wide receiver, and obviously that that wasn't the same offense as even the one that had played earlier in the year. Right. But there wasn't any rhetoric leading up to that game that hey, just be careful because this team is hurt all over the place. That There was no excuses on their part. So it was kind of surprising. So you had to kind of remind yourself that they're how so badly, many guys hurt. Yeah, how badly they're injured. But, yeah. but you know what? Props to them for not making a deal out of it. I agree. And for their fan base for not making a deal out of it. Their fan base, I will say, was pretty comfortable that they were going to win. No matter what. Before the game started mm-hmm. via Twitter and things that I've read and seen. And, you know, it's, it's nice when you have – somebody with that and they had reason to be confident and then you beat them i love that uh, i will say that oregon state is not other than the pollsters pollsters and vegas are two things that you know they just they see it all um oregon state's right where they deserve to be moving up a, a spot in both polls right around 15 mm-hmm. uh there isn't any other rhetoric and uh, mcafee on game day oh boy that's saying, hey, watch out for Oregon State, watch out for Oregon State. Now, Herb Street is and has. Mm-hmm. Nobody else is, and I don't play the respect card at all. Yeah. But I do notice when you're not getting any, and that's great. Fly under the radar. Keep flying under the radar. Be curious to see how many g- wins they get, eight, nine, before everybody starts Looks going, up. what about this Oregon right. State team? Right. The biggest thing is to try to get now to five and one Saturday yeah. in Berkeley, and and you got to come ready because that's an improved team offensively. Right. Jim feels as though Jimmy Wilson thinks that Cal, while still good defensively and did some good things against Arizona State, he says they they're not the same kind of Cal defense that they've been in the past, and that's been a difficult thing. Just as we talk about with Utah trying to get the offense commensurate with the D over the years. Justin Wilcox has tried in the same way to get the offense up to speed in the same way that the great defenses that he's coached, Peter Sermon, now the coordinator, they've got, you know, they're, they're a little, I mean, they're above average on defense in this league. They're pretty good, but they're not quite as stout as they were a few years ago. And I don't think that, I don't think that the Beavers will see any defense as good as what they saw Friday night. Probably not. That's an incredible defense yeah. in a number of ways, one of which is tackling. Even if they have a hand on a guy, he's coming down. No, it's impressive. I mean, I and agree, I love John. that. It's impressive. Yeah. And for the Beavers to score three touchdowns against that group and rush, yeah. 
131 yards. That was twice as many as Utah had been giving up. Right. They were averaging 51 yards per game allowed on the ground. The Beavers rushed for 131. They did enough. They did, and they and, did it a lot of it on the first drive. And I thought DJU made some really good throws. Uh-huh. I thought uh-huh. it was a, a, a pretty good game for him, and the idea that the, the trajectory for DJ Oyungalale is to just kind of you know, keep keep finding his way through and getting better week to week to week. Yep, and I, I, I like the matchup this week. Let's uh, talk about it today, your thoughts about Friday night and that Utah team, the team that's gone to the Rose Bowl two straight years, yeah. back-to-back Pac-12 champions, to do and they may still do it. <laughs> if they get rising back, that's, you know, that's a, a gigantic game-changer, but wow, what a dominant performance by the Beavs. If you want to talk about the game itself, the nightclub atmospherics uh, your experience within the stadium itself anything you want to jump in with let's go we've got dave up first we've got more open phones and texts sarah elcano to join us right after jonathan smith here in the jack and jenny wilborn media room jonathan due up at noon 497 5356 let's get started head north to tumwater dave thank you for the call welcome to the joe beaver show Good morning, gentlemen. Mike, can I take up a couple of baseball points before we turn to Friday night's football game? Sure, sure, absolutely. So how difficult was it for – I'm asking this of you as a professional broadcaster. Imagine being in Aaron Goldsmith's place, the Saturday broadcast on Fox, having to call a game wherein Texas eliminates his usual team, the Seattle Mariners, <laughs> I thought he, he was genuinely enthusiastic as a broadcaster for those people tuning in in Texas who are Texas Rangers fans. So, Mike, mm-hmm. I just if you could, and maybe later if you don't want to take time, I'm just curious, as broadcaster to broadcaster, a sense of how difficult you think that was for Mr. Goldsmith. I would say... Less difficult for him than it would be for me (laughs) from the standpoint of I've been a radio homer for the Beavers doing play-by-play for them for 25 years. If I was suddenly thrust into calling, let's say, a rivalry game for a network on the other side, that would be harder for me than I think for Aaron, who loves the Mariners, there's no question about it, but I think even with the Mariners, there are times where – now, he gets excited when Julio does his thing and all of that. But I think he's of the younger generation that grew up with less Homer radio, more television, more even-keel, uh, above-the-board approach where you're just you, – know, you're, you're, you have a job to do as a professional to call the game the best you can. And I don't think anyone who didn't know – I didn't see his broadcast that you're referring to – but I think with Aaron and a lot of the young, talented broadcasters of the modern age, they are used to the neutral, objective television approach mm. across the board. And it's less difficult for them to get out of their Harry Carey, let's score some runs feeling <laughs> than, than maybe the older generation of broadcasters uh, experience. That's my guess. So it doesn't surprise me. I don't think anyone would have said, boy, that guy sounds like he's a Mariner homer leaning for the Mariners. I would never expect that from a pro of his talent and quality. So what you say, Dave, does not surprise me. 
Well, maybe when you get him on during basketball season, that's uh, something, yeah. Mike, uh, far be it for Thank me you. to be suggesting program ideas, although I, I do it so. all the time. Uh, that Damn. might be something to quiz him on. Yeah. And speaking of the Mariners, I, it's, uh, of course, I'm watching the game here at home with Chris. He watches every game, almost except for the bottom of the ninth when they're on the road where she doesn't want to see them blow a lead. But the, the sequence of events just proves that she's a better person than I am. Because at the end of the game, I express my sympathy. And she says, well, I can root for the Orioles at least. She is a better – I can't imagine if the Orioles had gotten eliminated Saturday, I can't see myself finding comfort in the fact that I can root for the Mariners. But I just want to get that out there to people who know her down there in the, in, in the Corvallis area. She's a better person than I am for having said that. Now, and you, we can move to football Chris. if you like. We'll get to football um, in a second. John had a rejoinder. Hang on just a second. There's a reason you call her St. Chris. It's the proper term. John, <laughs> you were going to say something to Dave about well, something. Well, Dave, else. I just, I know you asked Mike this question, but I actually have experience with it most recently in, in a smaller, oh, yeah. in a smaller way. I called games, two games in a series against the Beavers in baseball for Nevada this year. And I found <laughs> well, myself. I found myself getting too excited when beaver things happened ah. and I would stop myself <laughs> and, and turn it around and, and just start yelling. Well, well, you know, I literally had to a couple of times stop, you know, lower myself and make mm -hmm. up for it in whatever it was I said, because I did catch myself on a double, let's say by Travis Bazana. And yeah. I, I would get, I would get too excited. It was two games for Nevada this year. So that was one experience. And then about 20 years ago, when I was the voice of the Beaver women's team, um, their broadcaster, and we all know each other, as Mike knows all the guys, and their broadcaster, um, his wife uh, was, was again, this was 20 years ago. He had just learned that his wife was terminal, and it was just very upsetting, so he didn't make the trip. And Joan Bonvincini, their coach, actually called me personally and asked if I would broadcast hmm through Learfield wow. back to them. And so I was doing a neutral broadcast for the Beavers and Arizona on the same. It was, was me. It a, you, so it was a simulcast. It was a simulcast. Okay, it gotcha. was me calling for both cities. Mm -hmm. And honestly, doing a conference in Portland of high school football for 10 years or high school sports was great training ground because grandma and mom are listening for both, both sides yeah, yeah. in your small oh, listening yeah. audience. So I learned that lesson, and that went over pretty well. I think I did a better job on that one than I did on the baseball series this last uh, last spring. Because you were probably giving a bazana drive into right field into yeah. the alley, and then catch you, and he pulls into second with a stand. Yes, right that's exactly what happened. That's exactly <laughs> what happened. Okay, Dave, what else? Football, what do you got? Well, well, those are great stories, John, and I'm remiss in not having posed that question to both of you guys. So uh, quickly on DJU, I think you hit it, Mike, in your characterization. It's a work in progress to a, to a degree and maybe a significant degree. I think there was the naive expectation in the Beaver Nation that maybe it was Trevor Lawrence who had transferred yeah. to Corvallis, yeah. not DJU. But he had some great throws. There were some questionable ones which I actually blame on the play calling. I'll get to that. I've called in before and told you guys, I was watching all the hockey as I do on CBC. The hockey broadcasters say the two-goal lead is the most dangerous lead in hockey, and I think it applies in football too. 
you're up by 14. You, well, you and you, you kind of one more score in your favor to say, well, we're up by 21. We'll definitely have the game in hand. And if they get seven, well, we're still ahead. And that's why it's dangerous. It can play either way. Uh, and for most of that game, it was a two-score lead. And speaking as a fan, again, I'd like to bring the fan perspective. Yes, I thought the Bees were playing well, but I didn't think that game was in hand until there was less than a minute to go, and Oregon State was, was, uh, was milking the clock. The 13th minute of the fourth quarter, that is to say from 3.59 down to 3, using, again, inadvertently kind of a hockey uh, 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 way of thinking of things. The 13th minute was the longest minute of football I've ever lived through. And mm-hmm. and I thought that, you know, yeah, there were way too many passes in the back half of the fourth quarter for Oregon State. We, we, yes, running was difficult, but the, but the goal at that point in the game isn't points. It's burning off the clock. And, of course, they end up throwing the pick, which ends up giving – Utah, the one score, I thought the play calling was, was a little sketchy in the fourth quarter. Again, the enemy is the clock at that point, not Utah. Just Even if you're not making any yardage, many, any yardage make Utah take the timeouts. Uh, just, just burn that clock. And then lastly, uh, as the reception to Utah. Now, I've been to every game Utah's played in Corvallis the last mm-hmm. 10 years. And I thought there was an extra little... Uh, when, when Utah ran on the field. And I'll just say this as a prediction now on the second, 3rd of October, whatever it is. The greeting Utah got as an incoming conference opponent, gentlemen, that was the most benign one you're going to see. Everything's mm-hmm. going to be a lot more pointed going forward. In fact, I created on the drive home a hierarchy of hate. I know I don't <laughs> like to use that stuff. You guys don't like people talking that way either. But just play along. So here's my hierarchy of hate working up from Utah, which is the most benign. So reasons that have to do with what Alan Thayer, my new buddy, hi, Alan, um, uh, calls the traitorous ten. So working up to the top, it's Utah, ASU, Cal, Zona, Colorado, Stanford, the University of Oregon, University of Washington, Southern Cal, I actually have UCLA at the top for reasons I can elaborate on later, but that's my hierarchy of hate. UCLA, UW, um, they will get a a lot more of an earful and uh, in-stadium hostility when they come into town. Utah clearly was the last of the traders 10 that wanted to leave, and that's why they got as relatively benign treatment of the crowd at Research Stadium on Friday night as they did. Dave, it's good talking to you, as always. We've got a lot. We've got a a week ahead of shows and look forward to hearing from you again. Thanks for the the thoughts and perspectives. Uh, We may break down your hierarchy of hate. I'm a little surprised. I could do it. Just a quick response before we go to break, and we do have a break coming. I'm surprised, though, that uh, the team from down the road yeah. isn't your number one because yeah. that seems to be the number one in most Beaver Nation's hierarchy. Why do you have Oregon kind of buried in, in that uh, hierarchy? Well, this is, this, is, uh, this is within the context of the traitorous 10 dynamic, not necessarily your perceived natural rivalry. Oh. I, it, given the dissolution of the conference, I think uh, uh, I, I put UCLA as a – 
using President Murphy's paradigm of analysis, okay. UCLA is as a public school failed not only on a sister state school like the University of Oregon, but other state schools in the conference. And it's a question mark in my own mind whether SC SC could have may, may not have been able to pull it off unless UCLA as a little brother, a pathetic little brother like Cal, mm. pathetic little brothers going along with what the private schools want to do. They, they have eternally shamed themselves as institutions of higher education. And I rank you all below UW because we now know it was Coach DeBoer, and, he's, and that's going to reach its apex. When they come on the field, that's when you'll see this is in a whole different environment given yeah. the, the conduct of the traders. It's DeBoer who led Oregon by the nose as a little brother in the Northwest. Yeah, little brother Oregon. All those years, the Oregon Duck fans used to pat us on the head as little brothers. It was they, University of Oregon, that was led out of the conference by their big brother up in Seattle. Take that. Uh, uh, quick, gotcha, Dave. Quick question, though, for you, Dave, and I, I'm not yeah. arguing with you. This is a good uh, uh, back and forth. I really like it because I could come up with a list that's a little different, and it's mm. like any top list. ten list. Mm. Lists are great. We all have them. We all love them. And when we say to the other guy, well, I have it differently, it doesn't mean you're wrong. Mm. It means uh, for my reasons I have it different. But I do ask you, sure. why did is it not true? Was it proven to be not true? I thought that, that, that Oregon said we're – we're going, and Washington said, we'll, we'll do what you do. Well, see, no, we've talked that, about that, this, John, a little bit. That's not the case, John. It's yeah. documented up here in the Seattle media. It was the, the athletic director went to Coach DeBoer. What do you think about it? I don't like it. I'm nervous about recruiting. Jeff, president said, I think we should take the Big Ten offer. It was Coach DeBoer that panicked first. I can already mm. see my sign hanging over the edge of the, uh, of the club section there. You dub panics and leaves for the Big Ten, something like that. Yeah. Washington led Oregon out of the yeah. conference, which makes it even more shameful for the people down in UG, who, by the way, left the legislative hearing in Salem Friday before it was over. Talk about a bad look. Maybe Alan Thayer can talk about that later in the week. Yeah, we'll, we'll get to that as we go. That's what I've heard, too. I've heard that. I've, I've read that. Uh, that's a bad look. No matter how you cut it, that's a very bad look. Let's take J Dave. We got to take care of some yeah. things. Thank you for all the things you've spurred here today. If These you, are good for the entire week. Yes, they are. If you'd care to join us, four nine seven fifty three fifty six, the Downward Dog phone line, the same number five four one four nine seven five three five six, for the University Honda text line. Sarah Elcano will join us after Jonathan. But there's a lot of stuff he just threw out there. And that, to me, again, it, when it first came up, the who's responsible? It's almost like, you know, as I've read about certain people when they're confessing, you know, quote, unquote, well, confessing sins. Here's what I used to do. These are all the things I used to do. And they're acting as though they're lamenting it. In a sense, are almost bragging about the stuff that they did back in their old. Well, boy, when I, oh, really, you did that and that and that, and now you're saying you're sorry. Oh, you know, I, I shouldn't have. There's almost an element of braggadocio in some of that mm -hmm. uh, so-called penitence and confession of things. Yeah. And, yeah. and so, you know, it, it struck me as really odd that 
both schools seem to be, well, no, it was we who led the way, and they yeah. followed our lead. Yeah, they wanted to be the bad guy. And so that, you know, there were people saying that it was Oregon driving that. That's what I thought. And then Washington's almost like, oh, no, wait a minute, we were the ones who did which So I, I thought, don't know which it is. I know, because I thought that was rather petty that yeah. they were arguing about that. But who gets the credit, blame, blame, credit? I right, mean, on a bad thing. Yes, a very bad thing. And that Washington was so petty that they had to say, we didn't follow them. Yes, but I know. that's clearly what someone had said. Well, now, yeah. Dave, not here to Dave says back. it's well documented about DeBoer and all of that, but uh, the Oregon people might want to say, well, no, 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 we, they followed our lead, not we them. Yeah, because because Ooh, I, I, don't really I, I thought it was I thought it was up until Thursday when Fox went to the league and said we'll pay for them if you invite them. They get the invite and then Oregon says yes, and then Washington says I know, we'll that's, do what you want. Me, <laughs> well, you want to do now the DeBoer thing may have come before that, but after the the. Uh, Apple thing and him being upset about that it, saying, I don't want to do streaming, yeah, yeah, yeah. which is stupid, by the way, because that's where it's all going yeah, anyway. I know. And that's Dave. That's <laughs> and, been one of Dave's major Yeah, points, right, right. Yeah. Dave's right about that. And and ironically, they have one of the bigger games. Turns out they blew him away, but one of their bigger games against Michigan State on, what, Peabody or Paramount or something that Peacock? nobody has that I know of, at least for sports. I'm going to talk to Mr. Peabody about that. Let's take a break. <laughs> We've got more to go on the Joe Beaver Show, a lot more. We'd love to hear from you. 497-5356. Jonathan coming at noon. The Master Cylinder right after that. Great to have you with us on the Joe Beaver Show on Joe Radio. Does your financial advisor take the time to really listen to you? Is your financial strategy personalized for you and your family? Will your financial advisor be there as your life and financial situation change? Hi, I'm former Oregon State athlete Tim Ewis, your Corvallis Edward Jones financial advisor. When we work together, we'll focus on what's important to you. We'll use an established process to create a personalized financial strategy backed by the advice, tools, and resources to help you reach your goals. And we'll partner to help your strategy stay on track. Contact me today, 541 758 Edward Jones, number SIPC. Come taste the incredible flavors of India at Evergreen Indian Restaurant. Enjoy mouth-watering made-to-order Indian cuisine using traditional recipes and fresh spices, featuring a variety of entrees and tandoori specials. Evergreen Indian Restaurant is open for dine-in and takeout 11.30 to 2.30 p.m. and from 5 p.m. to 9 p.m. daily, except on Tuesdays. Evergreen Indian Restaurant on Southwest 3rd in downtown Corvallis and on West 7th in Eugene. See the menu and order online at evergreenindianrestaurant.com. If you need a new roof, see Stutzman and Krupp Contractors, voted by readers of the Albany Democrat Herald as the best roofer in the Valley in 2021 and 2022. Hi, this is Doug Blair. When Stutzman and Krupp did my roof a few years ago, what I really liked is they had a large team of roofers, so they got in and got it done. And did it in just one day. It was great, and there's financing available too. Callers stop by their showroom on Rice Street in Albany. Stutzman and Krupp Contractors, they do it right. CCB 96278. Hi, everybody. This is Mike Parker. We recently had the need to replace some major appliances, and I'm delighted to report that we called Brandon and his team at Kellenberger Appliance in Lebanon. We couldn't be happier with our experience. They answered all of our questions, put us in the best deal, and promptly delivered and installed a new washer and dryer. When you are in need of an appliance, I strongly encourage you to call Kellenberger Appliance. Visit Kellenbergers.com or stop by Kellenberger Appliance at 21 North Main Street in Lebanon. A big thank you from the Parkers to Kellenberger Appliance. Touchdown, Beavers! If you're ready to tackle your financial game plan, it's time to huddle up with the best and meet the coaching staff at Tax and Wealth Management. David Mendenhall, Bill Heck, and Robert Berry. 
With over 45 years of experience, they know the entire playbook when it comes to tax planning, retirement, and business strategies. So don't fumble. Call or stop by Tax and Wealth Management in Corvallis or visit taxandwealthmanagement.com. It's time for another Vita message from Country Vitamins. Hi, this is Pat. Since 1982, Country Vitamins is your locally owned supplement store offering the highest quality products made with the finest ingredients. Our knowledgeable staff receive ongoing training on products we sell, assuring you of the latest information for your health and wellness. Plus, we offer unparalleled customer service. Open Monday through Friday, 10 to 5, located just west of 9th and Circle in Corvallis. That's Country Vitamins. Futon Man isn't just about futons anymore. In addition to futons, futon frames, and covers, Futon Man now also carries platform beds, bunk beds, and can even make custom mattresses for your RV. So, if you're expecting out-of-town guests and you're not sure where they're going to sleep, you could add on a bedroom to the house. Or, an easier solution would be to stop by Futon Man, two miles north of Corvallis on Highway 99, or online at futon-man.com. Equipped from front to rear with industry-leading, easy-to-use features, Kubota B-Series tractors are the total package. With high horsepower and excellent durability and implements that easily attach and detach, Kubota B-Series tractors can do anything in any season. See Lynn Benton Tractor and Tangent or go to KubotaUSA.com for more information. We're still doing business the American way. K-E-J-O. 1240. Joe Radio. I have to, again, Dave, not to say you're wrong, but I disagree. I did not. There wasn't once when there was a play call. Well, maybe once, but there wasn't a series. There wasn't a back-to-back plays where I thought, ooh, we shouldn't have called that. And in that game, again, I'll disagree. Uh, I feel a different way. I don't want to say I disagree because I don't want to fight with Dave. But I never, ever, ever, even with that tremendous run by the tight end for Utah, set up by an Thomas Yasmin, yeah. Mm-hmm. I never once, once they got nervous, up, felt the Beavers would lose that game. Yeah, no, I, I, I felt pretty good, there was, too. There was no explosive yeah. play for Utah in that offense. The only time, and, and I said it on the air even, and this is maybe a little bit what Dave was touching on, it. and again, when you win 21-7 to 7 and controlled the game. There, well, see, 21-7 to 7 is different than 54-48 <laughs> because you don't know who's going to do what. It's last team with the ball. On 21-7 to 7 was... No one's doing anything, and the fact one team has two scores up, it's going to stick that way. There was a series, I think, in the fourth when I thought the idea now is to, and I even saw, I mean, apparently there's a, a uh, an X out there, you know, somebody X, yeah. Jonathan and his milk the clock, and that's got some run out. You know, he gives a little signal, a little. He must yeah. have seen meet the parents and agrees with Ben Stiller. You can milk <laughs> anything. <laughs> so, so that you got a little bit of that going on. And hey, can you milk me, Robert De Niro? Nice little scene, by the way. But it, uh, poor so, guy, he was so, asked about it in the post game. Yeah, but. He, a sheepish, embarrassed smile. But the only, but the there was only one time that I thought that 
the Beavers didn't do that when maybe, quote-unquote, they should have. And we yeah, know nothing. Yeah. I mean, you're, you're up 21 nothing, right. and maybe you're looking for the, quote-unquote, kill shot away. Right. This thing is over now when we run this play, and we're up 28 nothing, and there's nothing to fear, nothing to worry about. But they threw incomplete and then threw incomplete again. And that was the one moment where I thought, if you just run the dang ball, you've, yeah. you've made either Utah take timeouts or you've run two and a half minutes off the clock and you're done. They're done. Yeah. Then you throw an interception on the next play. So that was the sequence where I thought, eh, I would like to have just seen them run it. Even if they didn't get anything, the field position was such that the punt's going to put them down around the 10-yard line. Right. So that's the only time that I thought, eh, you know, maybe there was a different way to go about it, but not that big of a deal in the overall scheme when the plays they called and ran and the fourth and one play well, the, brilliantly the, executed and called. I mean, there were a lot of good things. The only frustration I had on that last touchdown by Utah was that they didn't get the, the shutout. And I did not know. I mean, I was at the toilet bowl. Yes. I was sitting in Austin Stadium watching that yes. debacle. And credit to... Uh, our own Nick Daschle here yes. because he was quick to point out that the Beavers hadn't shut anybody out since then right. in, in conference play. Right. I had no idea all these years that they hadn't come up with at least one shutout. In conference play. In conference play. And then the other, the addendum to that before we get to Doug and get to some texts, the addendum was even more profound. Yeah. The last time they won a game where they <laughs> shut somebody out goes back to the great 70, pumpkin. 75. 1975, yeah. 7 nothing over Washington State. <laughs> I remember that game, too. So we were all hoping, and when you said you know, Nick is here and whether yeah. he unearthed that, Hank was making the rounds. Yeah. And it was Hank's fault, not Nick. People blame Nick for, <laughs> oh, you jinxed it, Nick, by even tweeting or Xing that out. Well, I was but Hank was way, the but... one running around into our booth and other places giving those He didn't zero, run it down zero. our row, and I was sitting in the same <laughs> row as he was. That so, was a good stat. Hey, I like that. Yeah, I liked it, too. It didn't quite come to pass. Doug in Salem is on the Downward Dog phone line. Doug, welcome to the Joe Beaver Show. Uh, thank you very much. <clears throat> I am in Salem, and so I... I went to the hearing on Thursday, and um, the room was kind of packed with, with orange people, you know, Beaver fans. Um, they let the two uh, people from Oregon, the new president, apparently they have maybe a new president of Oregon, and uh, Ron Rollins, Mullins was there. They, they allowed them to talk first, and um, they made a big deal out of the fact that their athletic programs is completely self-sufficient probably due to Uncle Phil and Nike. Uh, mm -hmm. and then they, you know, they, they said we expected. And then when they were done, the, the four, the two of them and a couple of other people got up and they left the scene of a crime as fast as possible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. And they left Doug, the Huh? Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. I mean, yes, we've, we've touched, we talked about that a few minutes ago and what a bad look that is. Yeah. Period. Done. I don't, well, we had other meetings. No. You stay. Yeah. Yeah. To get up and leave is a very bad look. It's like turning your back on the, everybody. Yeah, they left a couple of spies there out of a group. They had about six or seven people in the whole group. But, boy, they, they got out of there as fast as possible. It was kind of a, you know, yeah. just pretty bad. It, looked, it was a bad look. And it was yeah. on cameras, too. They had TV cameras there. Maybe Channel 9 had it on their, their news that night. Who knows? <clears throat> the one thing, other thing... Uh, came out that I noticed was that President Murphy. Well, first of all, they had a display on the. They had made a re presentation, and they had the details of the forty or forty-two million dollars that were were going to be hit by you know, you know, 
decrease mm-hmm. in revenue coming in for our, our athletics, you know. Then at the end of the, the Oregon State's presentation, uh, President Murphy said she had no prior knowledge about this whole ESPN $30 million versus $50 million uh, fiasco. She, she had no knowledge of that. And, and so that was kind of telling that you know, we had a president who had no knowledge of uh, the you know, Pac-12 office trying to get $50 million. Mm-hmm. So she, she, yeah. she had no knowledge of that. Makes so you that, wonder, that was about what happened. Uh, the, the hearing, there was about 100 people at the start, and as soon as the hearing, the main part of the Orange State was, was done, most of the people left. And But there was a lot of orange in the room. It was yeah. you know, maybe I'm glad. 90. Go ahead. I'm glad, Doug, that you went. Before you go, John, you were going to say something. I, was I just wonder say about Murphy. whose feet does that lie at? If if yeah. President Murphy says not aware of, of a $30 million, that, that number has been bandied about a lot. That that there These stories that take life, I never fully know how exactly, you know, how true they are, so to speak, in terms of the $320 million from ESPN that they'll leave on the table, so to speak, or go to the two schools. If they, that number, where does that come from? How do they get that? And the right. other one, that, that ESPN offered 30 and somebody went back and said, a professor says we, we deserve 50 and then it <laughs> fell apart. That, that, that's out there like that's really true. I'm just, it's, and it's hard for me to believe it, kind of. Well, I think those are. I, I, I believe that TJ found out it was from a professor at Arizona State. Yeah, but do we know that? Has Arizona State's profit? No, did, did somebody say, yeah, yeah, we did that? Yeah. What'd yeah, I, that was me. I, I said we deserve 50 <laughs> and the number. I mean, so I guess what I'm saying is I just don't know. These stories get out there, John. True, but I'll say this about what Doug said, and I know Doug's still with us, on Murthy not knowing about right. that. If other Pac-12 chancellors in the group. Or presidents and chancellors. Presidents yeah. or chancellors. If others also were unaware of that, then that's a major problem. That's a huge problem from Klyovkov himself. Yes. If, he, if that's true, but is George going to own that too? Yeah, I had it, but he we... can't own it because if you go back in the legal proceedings, you can say, hey, we didn't well, all have a chance to vote on this. Yeah, that's true too. And But if it is true, there's got to be some sort of email paper. Tra- again, all of this in discovery and all right, of that that right, leads to right. things that a lot of people probably don't want to come out. Let's... Uh, Doug, Doug, thank you for the call and for the report on the Thursday hearing. Johnny, let's get to some of the text on the University Honda text line. We're going to take a break before Jonathan joins us at noon. What do you got there? Uh, I agree with the FS1 announcer who said the changes made to Risa are perfecto. The offense deserves credit for scoring 21 I agree. against Utah, Steve, and Dayton. Absolutely. And, uh, yes, that was the best defense I think the Beavers will face mm-hmm. all year. Here's a, a question for Sarah. We'll skip okay. that. Uh, we'll we, get to it, though. We'll, right, file we'll get it. to it. We clearly had the game handled. It was late in the third quarter. I made the comment, wow, uh, Mike Parker always gets so nervous not <laughs> thinking anybody was listening to me. I'm blind, so I have the radio in one ear. All of a sudden, I hear a guy say, yeah, Parker gets so nervous, it's hilarious, right beside me. Good to know other people listening as well. I love listening to your call and make it an even better experience. Thank you. I'm just glad you can actually get it in the stadium and you're listening to our station. And uh, I heard, I'm glad. I heard from a couple of other friends that said they were listening live. As yeah. As it, well, you're listening live. Yeah, that's good. Was, I know that the um, in the restroom, in the press box, yeah, I know. it's our radio station. I know. 
I know you're on. I mean, everybody was hearing you and, and well before. I mean, during your the two hour tailgate show. Oh well, that and would then be an the network show. That would be an that. experience. So what else we got on the fan? Anything well, else? let's see. The new Oregon president. This is CVB mm-hmm. writing in. Was from the Big Ten and had only been on the job since the start of July. Maybe didn't know how much he should have listened to Phil Knight. Hard to believe I just said that. Support <laughs> for Phil Knight. Pretty unusual for me. <laughs> Um, here's another one for Sarah, I think. Okay. So I'll leave that until she gets in here. Here's a link to something I haven't looked at yet. So I think we covered a link it. to something referring to what? Well, let me look at know? it. See, I I will see. Could it. be locked on Big Twelve saying it's, it's a link to an ex. Oh, it's Smith. It's Coach Smith doing the the milking the milking thing. And okay. uh, and uh, let's see here. Uh, Curtis says. Uh, use a digital AM FM radio. Yeah, that's great. Thank you, Thank Curtis, you, Curtis, for doing that. Um, so I think the rest are just for Sarah, and that's all. That's great. That's we, what what we want. We'll save those uh, for when Sarah comes in. But uh, yeah, we got to get a break. Yeah, in. let's take it. Uh, Jonathan is on his way soon. We will take a final break this hour. Sarah Alcano will join us after Jonathan Smith. So you have questions for Sarah. You can call us on the Downward Dog phone line once she's on the air and hearing you out. We'd love to get your latest comments and ideas, thoughts, suggestions, questions about uh, all aspects of the game day experience at Reeser, which I hope in the main, all in all, you kind of agree with S.D. Wilson in terms of, wow, it's just fun. It's a great atmosphere. It's great out there. The the nightclub analogy, yeah, yeah. which again, she's only reporting based on what her friends have told her, but uh, she said it kind of reminded her of a nightclub experience based on anecdotal evidence. Uh, We'll take a break and come back with more on the Joe Beaver Show from the Jack and Ginny Wilborn Media Room on Joe Radio. Get ready for the new Corvallis Ace Hardware Grand Opening, Thursday, October 5th. Be one of the first 50 customers and you'll get a free gift. Plus, complimentary coffee and pastries. Your neighborhood resource for all your home projects and repair needs. Don't miss the Grand Opening Thursday, October 5th and celebrate all weekend long. Enjoy big brand giveaways, special buys, daily demos from Gosney, Benjamin Moore, Big Green Egg, and more. See you at Corvallis Ace Hardware, 2445 Northwest Kings Boulevard, October 5th. It's still salsa season at Peoria Road Farm Market with homegrown tomatoes, peppers of all shapes and sizes, and Peoria sweet onions in stock. You'll also find fall decor for yard or home. Hood River Bartlett pears, D'Anjou, Bosque, and other pear varieties. Apple varieties, including Honeycrisp, Gala, and more, also in stock. Winter squash, prunes, and plums, as well as bodacious corn and other seasonal veggies. For fresh local produce, stop by Peoria Road Farm Market in Corvallis on Highway 34. Visit the Peoria Road Farm Market Facebook page for updates. LX Series tractors are the number one rated tractor brand for durability and owner experience in the United States and are the answer to having quality, comfort, and versatility. Kubota LX Series tractors are four-wheel drive and come with easy-to-operate three-range hydrostatic transmission. See Lynn Benton Tractor and Tangent or go to KubotaUSA.com for more information. We're still doing business the American way. Hi, everybody. This is Mike Parker. We recently had the need to replace some major appliances, and I'm delighted to report that we called Brandon and his team at Kellenberger Appliance in Lebanon. We couldn't be happier with our experience. They answered all of our questions, put us in the best deal, and promptly delivered and installed a new washer and dryer. When you are in need of an appliance, I strongly encourage you to call Kellenberger Appliance. Visit kellenbergers.com or stop by Kellenberger Appliance at 21 North Main Street in Lebanon. A big thank you from the Parkers to Kellenberger Appliance. Touchdown, Beavers! 
If you're ready to tackle your financial game plan, it's time to huddle up with the best and meet the coaching staff at Tax and Wealth Management. David Mendenhall, Bill Heck, and Robert Berry. With over 45 years of experience, they know the entire playbook when it comes to tax planning, retirement, and business strategies. So don't fumble. Call or stop by Tax and Wealth Management in Corvallis or visit taxandwealthmanagement.com. It's time for another Vita message from Country Vitamins. Hi, this is Pat. Since 1982, Country Vitamins is your locally owned supplement store offering the highest quality products made with the finest ingredients. Our knowledgeable staff receive ongoing training on products we sell, assuring you of the latest information for your health and wellness. Plus, we offer unparalleled customer service. Open Monday through Friday, 10 to 5, located just west of 9th and Circle in Corvallis. That's Country Vitamins. Why is Woodstock's Pizza all kinds of pizza for all kinds of people? Because no matter who you are or where you're from, you can create the perfect pizza at Woodstock's. So you can choose from over 35 fresh toppings, four made fresh daily crust options, several cheese options, including vegan and dairy-free, and six sauce options, including vegan and dairy-free, all to go along with your choice of dine-in, takeout, or delivery to most of Corvallis. So, Woodstock's Pizza is all kinds of pizza for all kinds of people. Woodstock's Pizza, Kings Boulevard in Corvallis. As a locally owned company for 24 years, the Barbers is excited to support the Beavers and youth athletics throughout the area. Come in and get the works. A full-service experience, including a precise haircut, a relaxing shampoo, scalp massage, and hot leather neck shave. When it comes to men's grooming, nothing beats a true barbershop experience. The Barbers are now doing same-day appointments, so stop by and get yourself ready for game day. Find a location near you at thebarbersonline.com. The Barbers, where guys go for great cuts. This is Oregon State wide receiver Anthony Gould, and you are listening to the home of the Beavers on 1240 Joe Radio. All right, we're getting a good number of texts in that we will uh, deal with when we have a session with Sarah after Coach Smith is done. He has not arrived yet, and uh, we'll any moment now. Um, trying to determine some of these if they're not questions. CVB writes in to say the $50 million was what UCLA needed to stay. U of O smashed, squashed rather, a suggestion for a temporary uneven distribution to keep the Bruins in the fold. So they said, go ask for $50 million. My understanding is most presidents expected a continuation of offer, counteroffer. Only two or three actually had that as a serious possibility. Okay, and I know Mike's question in Seattle is for Sarah, so we'll wait for Sarah on that one. And Dear Joe Beaver Show, Doug from Salem, who was already on the phone, he says, I also went to the OSU women's cross-country teams meet in Bush Park Saturday morning. I was able to talk to Kelly Sullivan, who is at Seattle U now. He's doing just fine up in Seattle. It was great to watch all the runners put out such painful effort. Boy, that is true. That is true. (laughs) Here's another one. Uh, A nightclub has a good sound system. Could not understand the PA with the speakers in the new location sitting in uh, 334. I I actually had a a friend text me. uh, I should have asked my brother and my dad. My brother and my dad came down for the game and were sitting in three, I want to say 336, which is on the new side just below the press box. And I forgot to ask him if they could hear the sound system. But someone else I know in a different section said they couldn't hear it at all. And, and, And I think Sarah understands that because they were experimenting with moving the temporary sound system to get it off of the terrace so that people walking by or sitting in those seats on the terrace weren't blasted by the sound. 
but they did move it to some some sections on the new side where there aren't any seats and some platforms to try to to blast it towards the backside. I, I would I, I would not want her job right now as far as trying to figure all that out. And she will address that, I'm sure, because that will come up as a question about, again, not being able to uh, to hear anything. And then a couple of more here for Sarah. So we'll we'll uh, we'll check in on these questions that are starting to pile up for Sarah. Good here on the text line, which is good news. But um, again, yeah, some people couldn't hear it. Some people could. The PA. Yeah, yeah. and and we'll 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 work on that and a few other things. It may be a trial and error for the rest of the the season's home games because the new system isn't here yet. And uh, that was um, delivery issues, I guess. And then once you get it, it takes a while to uh, install it. I will say that what Sarah told us last week about having t- massive speakers on either side of the scoreboard, I believe that's going to take care of all the problems. Because in all the stadiums I've been to, they, there's always one big, huge one booming at, on either end of the goal lines that are just centralized and they boom all the sound to both sides of the stadium and I think that will take care of that. I don't know, but I'm hoping and believing that it will. So, uh, good questions I see that are coming in and we'll uh, run them by Sarah. Sarah. Curtis writes in to say that uh, I'm not sure how anybody could hear that sound system. They probably heard it from Lebanon. Oh, how anybody could not hear it. They probably heard it from Lebanon. I thought it was a great experience. Sounded great and probably the loudest or equal to the Oregon game. I assume you're talking about a fan's perspective. And that's another question I do have. And Jonathan should be here any moment and hope to hear. Maybe somebody can text us if you're able to type one out fairly quickly or thumb one out on your phone, whatever the case may be, at 497-5356. This is not this is honestly not meant to be couched as a complaint. It's an honest question that mm-hmm. may be construed. Ah, there he goes again. No right. open windows. Right. Well, OK, but here's here is what I'm asking. I had people tell me, oh, my gosh, it was loud out there. Mm. My people say my ear, you know, a friend of mine who I saw after the game, we went over to Monroe and had a bite to eat together. Guy had he came in from Chicago for the game. We hadn't seen each other for a long time. He said, he said, Doc, my ears are still ringing. It was loud in mm. there. Okay. Okay. That's my question. Was it? Because I can't tell. Well, I have. I a, can't tell. I have a couple of texts. Um, so I want to know if that's true in, in terms of the fans being as loud as it may be for a rivalry game. I mean, were you in the crowd going, oh, my gosh, it's loud in here. That was the expression of a friend of mine who was yeah. on the old side, what we now was the new, now the old side, right, right, right. the east side, just said it was really loud. Is that true? That's a good question. These are all for the sound system, yeah. but that is a good question. From a fan um, standpoint, because I said, was it techno din? He go, no, just the fans. Just the fans, wow. yeah, yeah. That's what you want. Yeah. And, you know, last year when it was two-thirds of a stadium, or, or mm-hmm. almost half, we talked about how loud it was for the USC right. game and for others, and, and thought, man, what's it going to be like with the new and everything in there? And we, we heard it because it was a sellout. Most everybody was there. The upper wings still have some empty seats and everything, and I, I think those people are here in the in the building they're just not sitting down i think they're taking advantage of or some at of least those. the tickets distributed yeah you yeah, know i mean yeah. there may be some no shows but the but tickets distributed many. yeah it was pretty good so that's the question for you know the light shows and the sound system and the various other things that go on the, the nightclub atmosphere i'm just wondering third down the game, rally third down the uh, uh, chainsaw yeah. crowd itself yeah. etc you know how 
do you concur with my friend and others who are saying, man, it's loud? Yeah. Ha- do you feel like the completed reser is giving you, from a fan standpoint, what you would hope Did for? any of that come through your open window? I can hear some of it, and we do have uh, Mike Shacker, bless his heart, mm-hmm. our engineer, has been able to tap into kind of a field a crowd, crowd mic. Mic. so we get a mix we do get a little bit of but it's still different you yeah. understand what yeah. i'm saying it's different than to hear it you know back last year and all the other years when a touchdown would occur or you know a big play or whatever usually touchdowns you know i i, I feel i'd put my hand up to to jim to myself and mm-hmm. just you know sometimes just let the microphone dangle outside to let that noise just wash over. Yeah. Uh, and, and and so that's the report that we're getting, that Friday night was just flat out incredibly loud and that the atmospherics were tremendous. It's absolutely what and you want. And a friend want. of mine saying still, still his ears were still ringing, so that's great. We'll talk to Sarah, who will join yeah. us after Jonathan Smith's media availability. Sarah Elcano will join us for... Questions along these lines and other things, but uh, Jonathan is on his way in. Curtis uh, says, yes, the fans were extremely loud. Okay, um, that's, that's great. That is great news that you want to become a place where people don't yeah. want to play because of uh, because yeah. of the sound. John Wilner uh, pointed that out, too. Wilner, among his Saturday Night Five, said something to the effect of, it's becoming more and more evident as we go that Greaser Stadium is not a place anybody wants to play at. <laughs> That's great. And because uh, Jonathan, uh, Jim was talking about Bryce Eccles and Utah and its great home game, mm-hmm. you know, how tough they are at home, and they are. But the Beavers are in <laughs> moving into that category, too, and have been for a, a long stretch of time now where the home field advantage is genuine. It's real. And well, the fans were a big part of that. Uh, the team plays with great confidence and gets, I think, a big energy lift from Beaver Nation. So, Well, the, the fans are hungry. And yeah. when they're hungry and you're at home and, and you've got a, a brand-new house, yeah, everyone's just enjoying the heck out of yeah. it. The that last was, two weeks, I'll say, I, I like to go one level down from the press box, which mm-hmm. is uh, on the new side because mm-hmm. it's not quite as crowded at the place where you get a burger or a dog. And um, it's been great. It's been easy to maneuver, easy to work, and uh, not too crowded at all. Mm-hmm. There's, uh, I haven't really noticed Beaver Street. Well, and let's ask about that, yeah. too. Yeah. I wonder, for those of you who are at Beaver Street for UC Davis, San Diego State, and now Utah, is Beaver Street, in a sense, thinning out just mm-hmm. simply from the, fin- the fact that day one, game one, it was brand new to most, and, hey, we— so you Everyone can barely, you can barely squeeze through Beaver <laughs> yeah, Street. Yeah. How is that now? That's another question that, that I would, I'd be interested in learning and knowing. Sure. Uh, and perhaps you can, again, favor us with a text. As Jonathan is due anytime, Sarah Elcano and Scott Barnes just walked in here to uh, the Jack and Jenny Wilborn Media Room, still waiting on Jonathan to share his thoughts. He's got a, the one thing that's a little disappointing, the calls may have been right in both instances, it didn't feel like vicious, dirty hits, although James Rawls's hit on Bryson Barnes was one of the biggest hits I've seen in a long time, but it ended up being a targeting call. Jim Wilson was saying that if James, who was on his way off the field, he actually ended up taking, in a sense, he, he, after the hit that he delivered on Barnes, it looked like the game was just going to play on. Mm-hmm. 
but then when James needed some attention, then the review uh, was uh, begun, well, and then it turns out to yeah. be targeting. So the Beavers, without uh, James Rawls and Calvin Hart Jr. for the first half of the game at Cal, and as we've already talked about, Cal is a team that's rejuvenated its offense to an extent, its running game in particular. Jake Spavitol, their, their coordinator, uh, has had great success uh, with his version, uh, worked with Sonny Dykes in 2016 at Cal, and now has returned. He's had some good runs and good teams, and the offense is better. I'll tell you what, though. So you, you're going to, without Rawls and Hart in the first half, those are two starters and significant yeah. guys that the Beavers, with good depth, they do have good depth, but yeah. they're going to have to make some adjustments too. They are. They are. I'm not worried. You're not. Not at all. I've not never been all. worried about anything, so I'm I, with you. I, I've never seen I haven't seen a defense like I saw on Friday night with Utah in years. In years. You keep talking about how good the Utah defense yes. How about the Beaver defense? Better. <laughs> That's what Jim was saying. But my eyes were, were keyed in on what the <laughs> right. opponent's going to do. Right, no, and Utah's defense is very good, but Jim during the course of the broadcast was saying the Beavers are just better. Well, one thing one thing they're not better at, yeah. I think, is, is tackling right now. Who, the Beavers? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Are some, there's still still too, yeah. too many getaways. With escapes. You, escapes. Mm-hmm. The one thing with Utah that, that sold me was that if it was a one-on-one open field tackle, mm-hmm. and, and I used to play this way, I swear to you, mm-hmm. I used to play this way. If, the, if I had a guy's jersey, he was going to drag me. Mm-hmm. It, flat out just drag me. <laughs> And that slows them down enough for somebody else to come over. Yeah. And that's what Utah was doing. If they had were anywhere near a Beaver player, yeah. he was going down. Now, Oregon State matched that at the line of scrimmage. I agree. No, they, I agree with you, John. I mean, the Beavers gang, they swarm. Yeah, they they swarm. They, they get a lot of bodies to the they ball. They did. And on the sack, I thought, I didn't think it was, I, I just saw it quickly in real time and thought, oh, what a good hit. Because everybody else was looking at play, the ball Yeah, went. I agree. It didn't, it just looked like a tough hit. Yeah. The, the kind of hit that Jim Wilson used to say years ago. And by the way, we're just chattering on here because we're awaiting yeah. the arrival of head coach Jonathan Smith any t- any time now, and then we'll visit with Sarah Elcano immediately afterwards. Session a session with Sarah and questions and comments, ideas, thoughts that you have with your stadium experience and anything else you want to run by her. But Jim's Jim's doctrine years ago when Al Afalava, uh, who would have been perhaps a lot of his hits may have been targeted mm-hmm. calls back in the day. But Jim, Jim was saying when flags would come out, Jim's at times would say, what, did he hit him too hard? Is that the penalty? Right. He hit him too hard? Right. I mean, that was sort of Jim's incredulity about some of those calls yeah. back in that era. And it, it almost felt, looked like that a little with James Rawls. But then when the, upon further study, I yeah. guess yeah. he did leave his feet in the helmet. The crown hit first. I, I don't remember. So technically it was technically well, the right call. What was the Calvin Hart play? I don't, I don't remember. Yeah, I can't that. exactly remember that either. Yeah. Exactly the detail on that. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure. But but you're right. You know, those are those are two two big losses for the first half. For the half. first half. Mm-hmm. But I, I think Oregon State has enough to to fill that in. I... I, I <laughs> It's a road game. Anytime you have a yes. road game, you get nervous. Yep. No matter oh, who it course. is, no matter what the record is, no matter who it is, it's, it's a road game. If they were playing up here this Friday uh, night, oh, I know. we wouldn't worry about it. Yeah, probably a little less so. 38 <laughs> to 10 last year. I'll tell you what. Beavers at home against Cal. Your, your call on the fourth down touchdown, yeah. it was funny to me. <laughs> well, <laughs> because you were just morose. But you were right. 
because that flag flew. It's like, well, a special or a uh, kind of a trickish play on a fourth and one. That's coming back. The timing of the flag, the location of the flag. Yeah. And even Jim, Jim even said oh, yeah. that Utah players kind of stopped playing. They, yeah. they didn't really play that particularly well. Which maybe it helped it. I think we all thought it was coming back. Maybe it helped the But it turned out to be a great play in the end. <laughs> but I just missed it a little bit. Now, Jonathan is here, and we're going to hear from the head coach in just a second before we get to a session with Sarah. But Jonathan Smith, uh, kind of back in the routine, Monday, a little past noon. Here we go with head coach Jonathan Smith. Okay. Um, well, just like always, uh, after digesting the tape uh, of Utah, um, you know, there's a lot to like. Obviously, when you, you win a game offensively, I did think the first drive, watching the execution there, and to be able to get seven points to open the game was huge, get our fan base into the thing, which was awesome all night. Um, even then, you know, Silas Bolden, third and 10, we throw it underneath ball. He breaks tackle to extend the drive. We go and finish the thing. Damian had a great run at the end of it. So to, to start the game offensively, I thought it was huge. Throughout the night, found ways to get explosive in the pass game. Again, Silas, but, you know, just Irish making some plays, DJ making some good throws. I thought that was important in the, in the game. I mean, Silas, obviously, you know, the fourth and one play goes – goes to the house he had others that were backed up we throw the deep ball to him he makes this fantastic catch um and that's a good defense um and it's not just the players they got good players in a scheme that is tough to recognize and attack um i do think on the offensive end we wanted to be able to finish better uh in the fourth quarter we got we got a good lead and i think we actually had one first down and four drives in the fourth quarter we want to improve on that talked about it as a team and coaches Defensively, a lot to like. I mean, they flew around, uh, made it challenging, took away the run game for the most part, which we had to do. Those guys want to run the ball, make it physical. I did think the the series where we had some adversity, they got you know down there first and goal for a couple different reasons, and they go backwards and get got the pick. That was huge. Easton is playing at a high level. Um, talked about it, but that showed up a ton on tape, his production. Joe Golden taking on double teams, really the whole front, but Golden taking on double teams, making it physical. Sione Lolohea, awesome throughout the night. Chatfield again, uh, getting the quarterback down. So there's a lot there. And I thought the response out of the defense with the previous week coming and put a, a great performance that way. It was awesome to see. Special teams, I did think, you know, there wasn't a ton there on either side. I think our protection was solid for our, our punt. We punted more than we wanted. Um, again, going against the defense makes it hard, but our protection was solid. We do want to get a little bit more out of the punt coverage and distance there, but protection-wise, we liked that. I did think their punter showed up, and he was good. We knew that coming in. The guy was a good punter, really only gave us one chance on a return. Um, and so uh, we don't keep moving on the, on the special teams in. I think we've got a chance to, to continue to impact the game. Not looking just only at our players on tape, looking at myself on tape, you know, in regards to – how we signal plays at the uh, the end, communicate. Got to got to do things better there. So for those I offended with that, I apologize. I won't be using that signal again. Uh, in regards to the targeting, um, looked at you know both calls against Calvin and James, and I think they're all the correct calls. So those guys will be sitting in the first half uh, down at down at Cal. I think the other thing that separated the game was the fourth downs for both sides. They were, I think, one of four on fourth down. We were effective on fourth down, and that does change the games when you get people off the field or extend drives. Fourth down was huge. And so transferring forward, we got to 
big time challenge this weekend. Uh, go back on the road. Uh, that program down in Cal has played us tough. You look at the battles throughout the last, I don't know, three, four years, that type of thing. Got a bunch of respect for Justin Wilcox. Uh, know him well. Uh, always play stout defense. They got a good running back that's carrying the ball, and that'll that'll be a challenge down there. Um, and we're looking forward to it. Uh, let's see, Aiden Childs. Um, you, you got one series on on Friday. Is that something you think you might be looking at for future games? The maybe a one or two series thing is a change up, and then two. When do you decide about his rich? Yeah, it's kind of all all inclusive. Um, it's yet to be determined, uh, or this early in the week. Uh, I know that the more opportunities he gets, he's only going to get better. He's got a, a chance to be a really, really good player. We want to continue to develop that. Um, but decisions on, you know, this weekend, red shirting to be determined. So have you had, have you guys talked at all, you and Aiden and his parents at all about, about Rich? Because he's down to one. one yep. Game. Yep. We, uh, we've tried to, we'll definitely talk with Aiden each week, kind of where it was at, played in the early couple of games couple different reasons on the San Diego State, Washington State, and felt like wanted to force the issue this last weekend. And like I say, we'll continue to talk this week. We'll see how this plan uh, comes together for, for this weekend. Two uh, redshirt freshmen on defense made their kind of broke out a little bit on Friday, Melvin Jordan and Noble Thomas. Just kind of what did you, what was the thinking giving them more, more time and what did you think of their performance and, and moving forward. Yeah, Noble had been battling some injury early on. Um, he finally got himself kind of up to full speed. He's got some versatility. He played some nickel, actually played a piece of a corner and, and did some good things, challenging, tackling. Um, obviously, when Calvin goes down, Melvin steps in and, and did some solid things. We want to have multiple guys to be able to put out there. And I think we've got that in the secondary. And then obviously, with the, the way Melvin played, he continues to earn some more time. I guess the obvious question then regarding Melvin is without part in the first half, is he a candidate to start? On, on oh, definitely a candidate. We'll, we'll see how this work uh, week of practice goes. Cause you got some options with John Miller uh, also can do some things and you got Easton next to him. So uh, we want, like I say, whoever starts, we want to be able to put multiple guys in the game. Coach, how much of an impact do you think not having Calvin and Rawls out in that first half will be against a, a team that Cal that is not one to be underestimated, especially this season? Yeah, especially the way they can run the ball, that back is good. So you want to have your old arsenal defensively. And so, yeah, it'll impact some things. But again, we got some depth at those two positions. Um, just like this physical game, you got some guys that are banged up. You need the next guy up and ready to roll. And so um, we're going to have to play it that way. Looking at the numbers and what Cal does, they seem very similar offensively to what you guys do offensively. A very strong run game with a very complementary passing game. Does it make it more challenging facing a team that's very similar to yourself, or does it make it easier because you kind of know what to look out for, especially on the defensive side? Yeah, I, I see it as a challenge with the balance that they uh, create. Run game, especially, it includes the quarterback, and that's always challenging. You got a big time receiver. I mean, Jeremiah Hunter's making a bunch of plays for him. And so you got to know where he's at at all times. I see it as a real challenge. One of the things that I noticed from this past weekend's game was the penalties. I think it was 11 penalties for 100 yards, a lot of mistakes. You guys were able to overcome that. Is that something you talked with your team either today and just kind of touched on making sure you guys clean that up, especially as you move forward in Pac 12 play? 
um, we touched on it a while ago because I think it was the opener. We had a yeah. bunch of bunch of penalties. Again, we're not trying to just play the game penalty free. We want to be smart. We're always about the penalties that are pre-snap. We had a couple of those offensively. We did intentionally take a couple delay games, so that added got us in the double digits. Um, so we're aware of it. We want to play clean football, especially uh, before the snap or after it. What's DJ's confidence been this early on? I know obviously he had a couple weeks struggling. Last Friday was probably his best game in a, in a couple weeks. What's What's he feeling like now getting his first win in Pac-12 play and kind of moving on through this season? Yep, I think he's uh, playing with confidence. I think he's a, a veteran that is aware that this is not a game of perfect. Um, I think it means a ton to his approach, even in the games, not getting too high, too low. And he did. He played really effective on Friday, and we're going to need it again this weekend. How does this defense compare to um, Justin's defenses in the past, and, and what are they doing well this year? Yeah, similar in regards to sound. They don't you know, beat themselves. They challenge you. Um, physical at the defensive line, the technique they use, make it hard on the O-line to get a lot of movement going. Uh, defend you on the back end with the mix of coverages that they know inside and out, and got some guys that you know, can take take a ton of grass, corner safety, track the ball, get to distances. So that's all similar, and they've been good doing this scheme for a long time and specifically i know you've touched on odd a couple of times what do you guys think you need to do well to uh to you know slow him down on yeah time? uh you can't just single tackles is gonna be tough you need to get a bunch of guys to the ball this guy is physical he can make you miss he can go to the house if he gets a crease uh, he's not going to go down easy and so it can't just leave a solo out there we got to get a bunch of guys to the ball how is it given that Ott and Martinez are both same class, how, how are they different? Um, you know, I can't speak deeply on, on Ott. I mean, I'm watching them on tape. They're similar in guys making, making guys miss. Um, it's funny. We had Ott on a recruiting trip here. We were trying to track him down recruiting even that year. Um, he's a good player. That's physical. Obviously we think really highly of, of Damian and, and his capabilities. When you play a game like like Cal, you play top twenty five teams back to back. You, I know you guys try to keep it level and all that, but when when do you start to notice if your team is maybe not quite as focused as you'd like, and what do you what do you do if you do see that? Right, you know, I think you can notice sometimes maybe if we're in practice the detail of you know like we're talking about the snap count, um, we're in the wrong formation. Um, we're misfit in a run that we shouldn't, you know, a couple of those things could show up and then you got your eyes on, on that kind of thing. Um, I have not seen it out of, the, out of this team. I think again, this weekly approach, uh, this much of the season, five games, you don't know for certain who's really good, who's not, you can't just chase this. All oh, these guys are good. So we're going to really be focused and this, these guys aren't as good. We're not going to be as the focus, um, each week, especially on the road, they're going to need our a, a game. Maybe this stat only interests me, but only Penn State has run more plays than Cal and FBS. Do they, I mean, are they hyper? They can go fast. They let's go fast. Yep. They run as many plays. They, they can go fast. They're running the ball. So, you know, positive yards, a lot of first downs. Um, there's no question. And, and that's why they can be effective. Uh, moving the ball, their yardage is what it is. I think if you look at them, they've got a couple of games where if they do a little bit better in the red zone, they're, they're, I don't know about undefeated, but they're sitting probably four and one like us. Coach, I know you've had a lot of great defenses under your helm. 
how would you describe this year's defense through five games and where do you think they rank among some of the defenses that you've coached in the last couple of years with this Beaver organization? Yeah, I think, uh, you know, right now after five, I think we've got a chance to be really good. It's about sustaining it week in and week out. Again, we're not even at the halfway point. I do think uh, we're at depth, the defensive line is as good as we've had the last couple of years with the effort they're playing with. Um, so each, each of them are different. I think, again, that staff on the defensive side does an awesome job of mantra of challenging and competing and the mentality they play with. That's pretty similar to what we've had the last couple of years. You know, I asked Easton after the win against Utah, did they feel like this was a must-win game? And he really was adamant that he felt like they dropped one against Washington State and that they were going to make sure that they weren't going to do that again. Do you feel like, again, that you kind of vibe with that mentality that from now on, there's no more drops in this season for you guys. You have to bring your A game every single time and get a win no matter what. Yeah, you, you do. You want to bring your A game. I think they that side of the ball has got a, a ton of pride. And after the first half up there in Pullman, it wasn't very good. And so the response and the second half played a little bit better, but definitely at home. And they want to play really well each week and, and do their, their part of things, helping us, helping us win. I want to ask a couple about the the fourth down uh, play to Silas. Um, how does that play evolve? Have you been working on that, or is that something you 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 saw Utah and thought it might be a, a good time to work on something like that? That was implemented um, that that week, so that wasn't something we'd been you know in the arsenal, you know, practiced a ton. Um, it wasn't specific, maybe just to Utah. I think people know on fourth and inches, a lot of people want to run the quarterback sneak, and they're going. To, that's a tough play to defend. You're going to try to defend it. You're going to squeeze everybody in there, and we felt like we had a great chance for an explosive play against a good defense of running it in that exact scenario. Why? Why is Why is Silas the guy getting the ball on that? Is how do you How do you decide who's going to be? Um. Yeah. Yeah. You know, one is the speed he's got to get to the edge. Um, we put in a heavier personnel with, you know, the tight end plays, the single receiver in it. We tuck the, uh, you know, the, Damien, the back behind them, making it look like we're going to push them. Um, so it just fit the personnel group to have him back there. And then I'm just curious. I mean, you, you threw on fourth and one up at Washington State. I mean, this wasn't exactly, you know, a, a routine play that you ran here. Is some of the thinking on, on this – we're just a little crazy on this stuff and you guys got to be ready for it. And, and, the, and because it might open up that, you know, that obvious play where you quarterback sneak, they got to be on, on guard. Yeah. I, you know, I wouldn't describe it as crazy. We are going to be strategically aggressive and I going into that game, as good as Utah is on defense, you finding ways to be explosive. Sometimes the best chance or good chance of being explosive is those tight fourth and ones. It's similar, similar to Pullman, not to the extreme of, you know, fourth and an inch and we're, pitching the ball backwards seven yards, um, but willing to strategically be aggressive. We're, we're going to be about that. The research stadium in the crowd, there was a sequence in the first half, I believe, where they took a couple of false starts in a row deep in their own territory. Do you, do you credit research stadium in the environment for that? And how do you feel like this new stadium is playing in terms of, of, of the noise? Yeah, I do credit the, uh, the fan base, uh, Beaver Nation, for the, the noise, the havoc. Again, it's tough to go on the road in a place like that, communicate, and you know, false starts are huge for you know, pushing the offense uh, backwards. So I give them 100% of that credit. I do think we got one of the best game day atmospheres going in the country. I mean, after experiencing that Friday night, students are back. And so, yeah, we got a, a big game this weekend and be anxious to get back to to research the following week. 
on the fourth down play or any <clears throat> uh, pseudo trick play, do you teach selling it? Do you tell the guys, you know, to really act, M make it, make them believe they're going to, you're going to do one thing before you do the other. Yeah. You, yes. That's part of it. And so even the setup and the splits of the old line, we're selling like we're running quarterback sneak, you know, get into the line of scrimmage, but not too quickly. Cause we want that defense to dig in. There's some, some detail to selling one thing for, you know, the other to work. And despite the fact that Utah clearly was more of a run oriented team, obviously than, than Washington state, how did you feel about how your secondary kind of learned from or grew from any of the mistakes they may have made against Washington state? Yeah. You're hoping they're learning, growing each week. And I think they, they did. Sometimes it's not all just the schematics of learning. It's your response to, you know, being able to play with some disappointment, right? We're not playing great and all of this and be able to respond back, uh, know that each week's new and the new challenge is coming. And so I did feel like the response, not just the secondary, as the group um, was good. Thanks. All right, there we go. Jonathan Smith, let's take a break. We'll come back. Session with Sarah is coming up. This is the Joe Beaver Show, 497-5356, the number to call or text on the University Honda text line or the... Downward Dog phone line. Back after this on 1240 Joe Radio. Weddings, anniversaries, holiday parties, corporate events, large or small, make them spectacular with Forks and Corks Catering. From delicious bites to signature cocktails, they'll ensure an experience that is a delight for you and your guests. With their fresh cuisine, artful presentation, and polished service, Forks and Corks always creates a spectacular symphony of sensory delight. View their menu and list of venues online. Forks and Corks Catering, events designed to delight. Catering to the Willamette Valley since 2011. At Albin's Plumbing, we're boring. Hi, I'm Katie Albin, and I want everyone to know that at Albin's Plumbing, we're boring. Directional boring, to be exact. So if you need to run a pipe underground, under a driveway, or under a sidewalk, and you don't want to destroy your yard in the process, the boring people at Albin's Plumbing can help you with your directional boring. Just give us a call. At Albin's Plumbing, plumbing's all we do. Call 754-8282, Albin's Plumbing. Have you heard? There's a new Ace Hardware in Corvallis off of Kings Boulevard, bringing you dedicated customer service and care that Ace Hardware is known for. Everyone is invited to a grand opening celebration Thursday, October 5th. Be one of the first 50 guests and you'll get a free gift, plus complimentary coffee, pastries, daily demos from Gosney, Benjamin Moore, Big Green Egg, and more. Enjoy big brand giveaways and special buys. The new Corvallis Ace Hardware opens Thursday, October 5th. See you at Corvallis Ace Hardware at 2445 Northwest Kings Boulevard, October 5th. The fall means it's time for Oregon State football, a new season and hopefully a full game at the end of the year. It's also a good time to look at that home remodeling project. If you need new carpet, countertops, luxury vinyl, or window coverings, see the staff at Corvallis Floor Covering. They've been coaching Beaver fans and helping you get it done for over 30 years. Stop by and see their showroom full of all the popular brands that you know, love, and gotta have. They're on the corner of 2nd and Van Buren downtown or log on to CorvallisFloorCovering.com. Shop local, shop Corvallis Floor Covering, and go Beavs. Hi, everybody. This is Mike Parker. We recently had the need to replace some major appliances, and I'm delighted to report that we called Brandon and his team at Kellenberger Appliance in Lebanon. 
We couldn't be happier with our experience. They answered all of our questions, put us in the best deal, and promptly delivered and installed a new washer and dryer. When you're in need of an appliance, I strongly encourage you to call Kellenberger Appliance. Visit kellenbergers.com or stop by Kellenberger Appliance at 21 North Main Street in Lebanon. A big thank you from the Parkers to Kellenberger Appliance. Touchdown, Beavers! If you're ready to tackle your financial game plan, it's time to huddle up with the best and meet the coaching staff at Tax and Wealth Management. David Mendenhall, Bill Heck, and Robert Berry. With over 45 years of experience, they know the entire playbook when it comes to tax planning, retirement, and business strategies. So don't fumble. Call or stop by Tax and Wealth Management in Corvallis or visit taxandwealthmanagement.com. Back in the Jack and Jenny Wilborn media room after Jonathan Smith's media availability here in the Valley Football Center, Mike Parker, John Warren, and joined by uh, Senior Associate Athletic Director for External Operations, Sarah Elcano, for a weekly session with Sarah. If you have any questions or comments for Sarah, the number to call or text is 541-497-5356. 541-497-5356. And we hope to have a combination of both phone calls and texts for Sarah. We always appreciate her availability in this sort of new world we've been living in the last couple of years. Sessions with Sarah with so many different things and aspects of the stadium experience. What Jonathan Smith just said, and I think proudly and rightly, one of the best stadium experiences in the country. So Sarah, let's kind of start with that before we get into the, the particulars. What he said feels to be borne out. And Friday night, I'll just say, Esty Wilson, Jim Wilson's daughter, one of his twin daughters. Esty came into the booth to join us for a while during the broadcast and said, Dad, it's like a nightclub out there. It's just fun. It's <laughs> lively. People are having a great time. And Jim said, from what you've heard about nightclubs, right? <laughs> but she just said it was a party atmosphere all night long. Let's kind of start with that because I – that to hear that from a young person, early twenties saying, what a great time. You hope that all demos are saying the same kind of thing, but I just thought she just said, what a great time it was for her Friday night. I think what is great is we've carved out spaces now for the type of game day you want to have. You're able to find that inside research stadium. So if you're looking for that more vibrant atmosphere, you want to interact while you watch the game, you now have the Terrace and Beaver Street. If you really just want to be locked down in your seat for every single play, there's obviously plenty of room for that. And then you have the Family Zone, which was extremely popular this last game. So we've kind of segmented spaces within the stadium for each group, and I think that's what's working well. Do other schools do the light stuff? They do. Are you on the forefront of it, though? I wouldn't say the forefront. I would say we're not the end. We're Mm. somewhere in the middle. Okay. Okay. Well, let's go to the phones because Paul is waiting on the line uh, with a question for Sarah. Paul, go ahead. Waiting. Do we have have Paul on the line? No, Paul. Okay. He was on the downward dog yeah, phone line, right. and now he is. He'll probably call back. All right. But if um, any of you'd like to join us on the phone lines, for Sarah, I'm just the messenger. I I know we're I'm in striking zone here, <laughs> but as they come in, 
I'm on your side. Uh, <clears throat> the bays from the temporary speakers above sections 237, 238 was so severely overdriven to distortion as to render announcements completely unintelligible. Even the ACDC Dynamite song was drowned out. And forget trying to listen to Mike Parker's call on the radio. The flyover was great. Kudos on that. P.S. Please consider reinstating the closed caption on the big screen. Thanks. And that's from Jim Galvin, who's a, a loyal listener. There's a lot there. Let's see. Uh, the flyover, I'll start there. That takes a lot of coordination. Um, you know, really good job by Bree on our staff to get that done. It, there's a lot leading up to it, paperwork. Um, you work with campus and the city. So those are always great. Um, try to have a couple, a couple of seasons. So that was the first one. Thought it went well. As far as the sound, you know, overall still responses coming into the fan survey post game. The new location seems to have been better overall than what the previous location was for the temporary system. But between every game right now, they're bringing in an outside company along with our own sound engineers and looking at how you get that volume around the entire stadium. You create that atmosphere and havoc that Coach Smith was describing earlier. But at the same time, you know, it's a safe level and, and a good experience for everyone. So I believe we have Paul back on the line. Paul, your question for Sarah. Yeah, can you hear me now, John? Yeah, we got you. All right. Hey, yeah, there's a there's a big ticketing problem down in section the ADA section at 127 and 128. I've got a ticket here, and it's the second time I've got this ticket for section 127, row 13, which is you know, above the seats, you know, where uh, wheelchairs can wheel up, seat 14 or space 14. There's only 10 spaces there. There's not 14 spaces. And also in section 128, where I eventually sat, several people came in with the same tickets. And some guys even had tickets for row 14, section 1. Uh, 28, well, it should be row, th the other tickets were row 13, so is there supposed to be two rows of chairs on that uh, large, it's probably a 10-foot wide concrete slab. So I, I don't know, there's a either a computer problem or the someone needs to take a look at, at how many spaces there are and how many tickets are being printed for ADA in Section 128. That's an important one. I will follow up on that. I don't know off the top of my head. I would imagine there's not supposed to be two rows, just one. So we'll have to check and see if our manifest matches the actual seats. Right. And also, um, gosh, there was another, another, another thing that happened there too. Oh, two guys came up and had to, had the seats on the 14th row and and there was the, the first seat in the 14th row that has a chair is, is seat 25. But the last space in the ADA section is space 14. Well, they actually had like seat 14 and 15 in row 14. There is, there is no such animal. Okay. That's an important one. I will, if, um, I will check the manifest, ask them to look at those two sections. And certainly if we're selling seats that don't exist, we will reach out to the, every account that's impacted and get them a new location. And also I brought this to the attention of the ticket window and the, the uh, supervisor was supposed to go and check out the, the 14, the non 14 seat in section 127. 
And that was two games ago, so I don't know what happened with the supervisor checking it out. Okay, let me follow up, Paul. Thank you, Paul. Right, Thank you, Paul, you. for the call. If anybody else would like to jump in on the Downward Dog phone line, available at 541-497-5356. Sarah Elcano sitting with us, so you can talk to her directly. We'll get to some more texts in a moment. Very quick question, Sarah, and that is the we touched on it on a general level, atmospherics, what a great atmosphere it is. But I had a, a friend in who, who's been to Reeser a lot of times, but he just said it was just loud in there. And I asked him, well, you know, and he was loving it. He said it was loud, the fans, the crowd. Did you notice an uptick? I mean, was it, from your experience all these years here, as loud as you've heard it? I mean, did, did it feel like it was at a really high level most of the night? It felt like an incredible environment. It's so hard to measure different years and, and try to go back and think about when it's been the loudest. It, you know, there was an interesting tweet sent by a, a younger member of Beaver Nation who said, that's as loud as I've ever heard it. And then he got called out by, by some fans who were in attendance for the upset of USC and, and saying it was way louder then. And, and he, he took it well, right? He responded and said, well, I was, I was an infant at the time. <laughs> um, so it, I don't know. I think it's about, you know, there's different emotions that go into different games and you know, certainly what's happening in the overall landscape of collegiate athletics in the Pac-12 right now, I think it leads to a very exciting environment and perhaps some more emotion behind that energy that might make you interpret it as, as even better than what it already is. So the guy who asked you about <clears throat> programs last week and suggested, uh, you suggested go online, look at the digital program, print it out. He says that the roster would be eight or more pages if he prints it out because of the photos and everything and was hoping there might be somewhere where it's just a grid. It's just names, um, you know, the line of the school and the height and the weight and all that. Right on the website, not, so not in the digital program. If you just did osubeavers.com, clicked on football, roster, you, there's a print format there that you could take that yeah. would not have the photos. Right. Again, go to, I've, I've seen that, go to osubeavers.com, football, and, uh, and roster. Okay, that's good. Uh, I just, I, I, I fear the sound system questions because how many ways can you answer the same thing? Uh, I don't know if this is the same, though, so I'll read it. Quick uh, comment on the sound system for Sarah. I totally get that it's out of their hands on why the system isn't installed, but wanted to share the impact it's having on my kids. They opted out of attending Friday because they think games are boring. Okay, they are just learning the rules, and without commentary, they are stuck listening to me trying to explain what's going on, and that doesn't go well. Without hearing, they can't really take part in any of the stadium entertainment, sing-alongs or hear videos on the big screen or when student athletes are honored on the field and so on and so forth. New lights are awesome on the, uh, I'm on the upper West side. That's the new side. The West. Okay. Yep. I think it, as you said, it's, we realize how important it is to get this new system in here. And it's, it's definitely been, you know, challenging to open a new side of the stadium to have the team performing as well as they are right now. The fans is energized, all sellouts, you know, to this point, UCLA also called us a, a sold out already. So to miss that one mark and feel like it's a little bit out of your control, it hasn't arrived yet. Still waiting to see, you know, what arrives and which pieces first. And even if we get just a portion of it, the speakers that go below the video board, we would get those installed as quickly as we could, link that to the temporary system. Mm -hmm. And then once the large ones are here on the left and right of the video board, we will install those. Got it. Um, 
For Sarah, I know the sing-along isn't for me, but my wife and I were appalled at the lyrics of the first half song. Are the songs screened for family-friendly family content? I don't know what the songs were. I'm trying to remember which song won. Um, it might have been Mr. Brightside, is my guess. Um, that's a song played at several stadiums around the country. It, they're definitely screened. Um, that's one I think that's kind of right on that edge, and it's won a couple times now, so we're trying to keep those options fresh. We may look at rotating that one out. Also, yeah, it is on the edge. On the edge. The scene that he described earlier. Yeah. I, yeah. I know the song pretty well. And, uh, okay. Also, my wife uh, looked for any hot drink at halftime and didn't find any with no re-entry policy and a ban on bringing your own food. The lines are long and they run out early. So no hot drinks, I guess. I was waiting for the hot <laughs> I drink I can tell by the question. Yes. I know. I'm nervous. So what do you I'm got? Nervous. I mean, you knew it was coming. What, what do you say? I will say that the list of stands that sells coffee and hot chocolate is on the, so osubeavers.com, the game day tab, and then the, the game day um, information is what you click. And every stand, which is throughout the stadium, you know, every side has a stand that sells hot chocolate and coffee. Um, can I, did I walk to every stand and confirm that they were fully ready the entire game? I did not. Okay. So, but they're claiming that maybe they ran out or they just didn't know which stands to go to or a combination thereof. Okay. Well, they just didn't you, find it. Is, say again, what, for the next time, five o'clock game against UCLA, nationally televised on Fox, a sellout crowd, but those that are coming, it's a, a good time. I think five o'clock is kind of right there in the middle. It's a good time. But osubeavers.com and which tab to find? Fan zone. Fan zone. Fan zone tab, game day information. Okay. Got to list the concession stands within the new completed research that sell the hot drinks. Okay. Okay. This one has been up a couple times. The person in the chainsaw button was very late at it in most third down situations. It didn't play it on fourth downs until the game was in hand. Fourth down, we consider chainsaw a little bit optional, right? It's it's definitely tied to the third downs. Fourth downs at different times, we will use it. Um, late, they were a little all over the place, right? Sometimes they try to go very early so they can sneak it in twice and, and not have us get a warning from the officials. Other times they want to make sure, you know, a hundred percent that it's third down. And there's, there's different moments in the game where sometimes they are a little slower. They fault on making sure that they're correct, um, before they hit the button. Okay. Quick question on that. Yeah. Who makes the call? I mean, is there somebody saying chainsaw? and the chainsaw button, or is there a chainsaw person who understands the game and knows when to push the button? They understand the game, absolutely. Yeah, there is somebody directing the game who gives that call on a headset, but the person hitting the button absolutely understands the game. They're also waiting a little bit for our PA announcer, and they try to sync up the time of when he's shouting, it's third down, right. and then hitting the chainsaw. So sometimes they're pausing to wait for him to go. Other times, you know, if he's waiting to figure out what player made a tackle or something, mm -hmm. they will hit the chainsaw without him. Here's a suggestion to change Beaver Street to Bourbon Street because there was a big party going on down there. <laughs> Might not play well, but <laughs> I do like the vibe. Speaking of Beaver Street, how, how, how are you finding it is in terms of that first game against UC Davis? <laughs> Squeeze your way through from the beginning of fans coming in all the way through the game from what we heard. What are you seeing happening there now? 
what this last game it looked like just prior to kickoff and halftime are definitely the the busiest most vibrant times there otherwise it seems like it, it thinned out a little bit and had a little bit more flow so we'll we'll continue to keep an eye on it and consider that pedestrian pathway through anything else johnny oh yeah okay well beaver street restrooms have huge lines for restroom hoping they consider adding more urinals to each restroom i'm not an expert on the urinal topic uh, maybe not be the best one. We might have to give that to Sean Scheffler. Okay. You can't have too many. That's all I could say. I will, I, I'm noting that down. Yeah. Uh, here's one. The PA sound was perfect. Hey. From where they were sitting. Thank no. you, Sarah Good. and team, for fixing that for us in Section 214. You guys are rock stars. The jet flyover always makes me emotional in a great way. Any way to m make that happen every game. I loved it. Probably not, because you have all the red tape you got to go through. We try. You know, like for this season, we requested it for every single game, mm -hmm. hoping that maybe we end up with three games mm -hmm. covered. And, you know, there's a lot that goes into it. Military has a certain amount of funding that they can use on this is deemed for them marketing and promotions. So we had one that should have happened earlier this year mm -hmm. and found out they didn't have the budget to do it at mm -hmm. the last minute. So. We, we have sent out the request to every branch of the military that, that we have contact for, and fingers crossed that we can get a couple more. It's in. impressive to me just the timing it's the best. and how it happens and right on cue. I, to me, that, that takes some work. And there's got to be some people really paying tremendous attention to detail to pull that off. I've never done this before, but this game I went up on the roof with the guys that were here coordinating it with those mm -hmm. flying the jets. And it's amazing. You know, I asked, how do you guys time this right? Sorry, this is probably an ignorant question on my part, but how do you time it so well? And they were basically circling around Junction City, waiting for the call, watching the cloud cover. Um, I mean, they're tracking everything and they're sitting up there doing math, you know, <laughs> by hand doing math, calculating, okay, the band started their show on time or does the band start a little early, a little delayed? When will the anthem hit? And then, you know, they're timing it out. And I thought, they did a phenomenal job. They nailed it. Can you imagine the pressure of the That's flyover amazing. at the Super Bowl and trying to That's time amazing. it right? Would you be insulted if I told you something that might help, but you might not know? Go for it. There are private acts that own jets, retired military guys that buy jets. Maybe that's an idea. Do you have contact information? No, I just remember I did a lot of air shows and uh, for a radio station and learned that the years that they couldn't get the Blue Angels or the, the Oregon Air National Guard, they would hire these uh, these private acts. And the Jets are older, but they're still Jets, and they still make the noise. That's good to know, yeah. And when they're up high, uh, and, I mean, I could help you. I could get you some information on that. But We will follow up. Yeah. Johnny, anything else the last couple of minutes here? I, I do. Is there anything, Sarah, as John finds a couple of more to maybe close this session with Sarah Elcano joining us? Anything coming back to you that we haven't touched on from surveys or maybe even suggestions for fans coming back for the UCLA game a week from Saturday? You know, there was one issue called to my attention on social media. I don't have the answer for it yet, but do just want to let everyone know we're working on it. There's some gates that we don't open post-game to let fans exit. I'm trying to figure out if there's, you know, a fire marshal rule as to why, but we will get that answer out. Otherwise, UCLA, it, it is sold out. There's standing room only tickets. UCLA, when you announce a sellout, the visiting school has a certain amount of time to return any of their unused tickets. So there's a handful of those. Um, we're selling them as, as a mini plan. So you would get UCLA, Stanford, and UW to grab those. 
expecting every ticket to be gone though at some point prior to kickoff against Absolutely. them. Um, I think that's it. Okay. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Oh, the availability of beverages more. Okay. No, more men's urinals. There's a second vote for that. Uh, most of these are always all about sound, which you've answered many times about waiting for the system to come in. There is no hard date on that. Someone asked for that. Mm -hmm. But as you said, I'll just, uh, you know, say it again, that when it comes in, you'll add what you get when you get it, even if it comes in in pieces, s hoping that by the end of the year, it'll all be put together. But you'll certainly add to the temporary. Absolutely. Yes. Sarah, thanks for coming by as always. We will do it again next Monday. And Thank you, good guys. Good to kind of be back on schedule with uh, Sarah Elcano joining us, Senior Associate Athletic Director for External Operations. 13 years here, and you knew it was coming weeks ago. You didn't get too happy. You went into the final weekend. That's three straight years with your Mariners into the final weekend, just missing out two years ago, making it in last year, just missing out this year. What's your general feel as a Mariner fan as this season comes to? Why it? do you bring up the pain? It's, it's because she she was planning on it, and therefore it doesn't hurt as much, right? It really doesn't. Right. Yeah, which is dangerous that this is my expectation now. So I expect <laughs> the same next season. Okay. I hope I'm wrong. Hope Good for you. you. Good for too. you. It was a fun year in a lot of respects, though. Thank you, Sarah. We'll take a final break today. TJ, who's right there empathizing. Back in studio, <laughs> we'll run the break and we'll wrap up uh, today's show. We've got the likes of Todd McKim and Mike Pulaski and J.B. Long and maybe even Max Brown as we go this week getting ready. Is it true? Last thing I heard. Is it true? Did our own did Tim Brando say the will, welcome to the Willamette Valley or something of that effect? Did he say it? Do you know that, Sarah, he to did, be true? but he apologized multiple times I heard that air. he apologized <laughs> yes. profusely. I saw him at halftime in in one of the places where there are men's urinals. I saw him at <laughs> halftime. And so since that's the big topic of the day, at halftime. And I said, hey, Tim, welcome to Corvallis. And I didn't understand why he was chuckling. He goes, well, I'm not sure everybody is happy about that. And it you didn't know. Been, I had no idea what he was talking about. Oh, wow. So that must have been his way of kind of subtly alluding to the Willamette Valley comment. But <laughs> the Beavers continue to help put our great valley and stadium experience on everybody's map and radar, that's for sure. Let's take a final break. Thank you, Sarah, for joining us. Final break today with a lot more to get to uh, during the week and a closing segment next on the Joe Beaver Show from the Jack and Ginny Wilborn Media Room on Joe Radio. Well, it's the weekend. I was just settling in to enjoy a beaver football game when I heard a horrible sound. When are you going to start working on that hardwood floor in the den? We can't use the room until it's done. I would, but I don't have all the equipment. That's no excuse. You can rent a floor sander, a floor nailer, and everything you need at Philomath Rental. And they're open seven days a week, so you can get out there today. Darn you, Philomath Rental. Work smarter, not harder. Philomath Rental. We set them up. You knock them down. Island Bowl. Family entertainment for young and old. Clean and friendly, that's Highland Bowl. Bring your part and let the good times roll. Great food. Highland Bowl. We set them up. You knock them down. Highland Bowl. North Ninth Street, Corvallis. 
The Hardwood Center has decades of experience in providing specialty hardwood products and services to local woodworkers, contractors, and homeowners. Featuring many species of hardwood lumber, plywood, and locally milled slabs, a wide selection of hardwood flooring, and more. The Hardwood Center's expert staff will help you select the best products for your project. Stop by or call the Hardwood Center on Highway 34 between Albany and Corvallis. The Mid-Valley's one-stop shop for fine hardwood products. Online at thehardwoodcenter.com. Go Beeves! Be a winner and have a wiener at Benchwarmer's Bar and Grill. Enjoy a one-quarter pound all-beef gourmet hot dog. Choose from a coney dog, a sauerkraut dog, chili cheese and onion, a mustard dog, or Benchwarmer's popular Chicago-style dog. Try several burger selections, and if it's breakfast you're looking for, Benchwarmer's serves a $5 breakfast all day, every day. With 20 large-screen TVs, make Benchwarmer's your beaver football tailgating headquarters this fall. Come by and warm the bench at Benchwarmer's Bar and Grill, 1895 North 9th Street in Corvallis where Oregon State fans go on game day. Need a passport or visa picture for any foreign country, including Canada? Wise Photo Printing can help. Need to transfer an old video or film to a digital format? Wise Photo Printing can help. Looking to restore or manipulate an image, or do you need a high-resolution scan of a print negative or a slide? Wise Photo Printing can help. They have a self-service kiosk, too. Wise Photo Printing, 6th and Adams next to Ball Studios in downtown Corvallis, helping you get it done. Open Tuesday through Friday from 10 until 6. Stargazer Premier Florist in Corvallis knows that a meaningful gift can brighten someone's day and have them feel appreciated, whatever the occasion is. Choose from Stargazer Premier Florist's wide selection of fresh floral arrangements, bountiful bouquets, gift baskets, and houseplants, always delivered fresh with a focus on keeping families and friends connected. Stop in, call, or view Stargazer's Premier Selection online at StargazerPremierFlorist.com. Stargazer Premier Florist, 925 Northwest Circle Boulevard in Corvallis. If you need a new roof, see Stutzman and Krupp Contractors, voted by readers of the Albany Democrat Herald as the best roofer in the Valley in 2021 and 2022. Hi, this is Doug Blair. When Stutzman and Krupp did my roof a few years ago, what I really liked is they had a large team of roofers, so they got in and got it done. And did it in just one day. It was great, and there's financing available too. Callers stop by their showroom on Rice Street in Albany. Stutzman and Krupp Contractors, they do it right. CCB 96278. This is Oregon State's running back, Demi Martinez, and you're listening to the Joe Beaver Show on 1240 Joe Radio. All right, we welcome you back to the Jack and Jenny Wilborn Media Room. Had a question come in. Mike, John, read somewhere that Noble Thomas was hurt first four weeks of the season. Confirm? Yes. And Jonathan Smith brought that up. It was actually asked, I think, by Nick. Uh, Was very impressed with his play and the upgrades uh, our secondary at Nickel. Yeah, in fact, I asked, did you like the the play of the secondary? And Coach Smith said, yes, it wasn't uh, against quite the, the 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 passing juggernaut that Washington State is, but yeah, some some small steps forward. Uh, the the meaning of my question on that was, last week he had said, especially on that first what second play touchdown pass that Washington State had, that it was just a uh, blown coverage, missed communication. That's what I wanted to know. Did that was that addressed? So that even though Utah didn't throw like that, did you see that everybody was on the same page? I, th- I should have asked it that way. I heard from Sarah. We heard just now yeah. that Tim, a very good announcer. I like Tim Brando a lot. I, I do have. too. I like his personality. I've met him several times. That that his call was good. That the the telecast was good 
he and Spencer Tillman are coming back for the UCLA game. So we'll welcome him back, and I'm sure he will probably open from the beautiful mid-Willamette Valley. <laughs> Tim Brando, Spencer Tillman, he'll probably emphasize that. But uh, I heard that he bent, he, he fell over himself, as Sarah just said, ap- apologizing profusely. Yeah, and I also, it, it, this is so classic. It doesn't matter how good someone is especially when it's a beaver game on national tv with unknown non-homer broadcasters there's some people that hate them and some people that love Mm -hmm. them yeah because i saw tweets a lot of them oh they're terrible they're all against us other tweets these guys are great i love this uh, when you um oh and we didn't tomorrow well let's talk a little about uh Corso McAfee yes. Dickert Gate. Yes. <laughs> yes. Because 20. Dickert probably shouldn't have gone his route, but it sounds like ESPN went even further in terms of just sort of a petty bubble. Yeah. It, it, I didn't like it. Yeah, okay, we'll talk more about that tomorrow, amongst other things. Want to thank all of you for joining us today. We'll be in studio tomorrow. TJ was there today. We'll see you tomorrow right here on the Joe Beaver Show. Thank you. K-E-J-O Corvallis. And translator, K-2290-I Corvallis. The home of the Beavers. 1240 Joe Radio.